0: Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. Thank you for tuning in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Brady Finner, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. And today is Tuesday, July 27th, and we are spending this next hour to study the inspired and true Word of God and to put on our Christ goggles in Nehemiah chapter 10. God's people had just confessed their sins in chapter 9, recounted the Lord's deeds, come to Him in prayer, and today it seems kind of like a a stewardship Sunday of sorts. I, I haven't quite put my finger on it, and hopefully our guests will be able to help us out, because it ends with these words, We will not neglect the house of our God. What does that mean for them, and what does it mean for us? The gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Help us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning. We have the joy to have with us regular guest, Pastor John Lukomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics. Pastor Lukomsky, welcome back to Thy Strong Word.
1: It's good to be back, Brady, and I'm back up north in the, the fine country of Minnesota where it's just as stinking <laughs> hot as it is anywhere in the country. What is that all about?
0: Wow, it's 93 today, tomorrow 98. Isn't that wonderful? I know.
1: Wow. <laughs> and for people who don't live up there here, because my, my family down in St. Louis is saying, so... So,
0: <laughs> what's the big deal? But for people who
1: live in Minnesota, no, no, ninety-eight. It's never supposed to be ninety-eight up here, but right, that's what right. it is. So,
0: <laughs> it is, and and today is going to be kind of crazy because my son, who's going into seventh grade, is his first year he gets to do tackle football, and today is like their first camp oh. to get ready for the season at the end oh, of August. Wow. And so, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that, but you know, I I told him this morning, this is like playing football in St. Louis, and you know, and go down the list of great St. Louis. <laughs> (laughs) us guys and all this so it's kind of fun
1: we'll see i appreciate
0: the prayers for that yeah Uh, (laughs) anyway so so what else is going on for you and your family
1: uh not much not much we're just enjoying uh uh, being up here even though it is a lot hotter than it should be and and uh excited to be doing this chapter in nehemiah with you so
0: wonderful so let's begin our time in prayer can you begin us in prayer
1: Sure, oh Lord, uh, you've given us a, a kind of a difficult passage here uh, and, and we pray that uh, that you will uh, give Brady and, and myself your spirit, so we what is this thing that these people do this this written pledge they make to God what does that mean to us uh, and, and we pray that when we leave this, we will uh, be uh, have grown in faith towards you and and, and in love for one another uh, in Jesus name, we pray. Amen. So, so Brady, what you I alluded to in Did that you say prayer, amen
0: or did you not say amen? I can't... I know. I I, I, I mean you mean. said
1: amen. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say
0: amen. So I want to do this. First, we got to tell our yeah. listeners that if you have okay. any questions concerning EMI Chapter 10, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org. Or for, for us today, we can call in 1-800-730-2727. Or 314 821 314-821-0850. So we did say amen so we can continue to move forward in our text today. But it, Nehemiah 10 is a lot of fun because chapter 9 was a lot of fun as we studied that. Um yesterday, it was it was quite fascinating to see the move from Thanksgiving, um, we make a covenant, to prayer, and then we get to chapter 10. So what do you have for us to, so we can start off on the right foot in chapter 10?
1: Okay, because I actually want to ask you a question, uh, and, and it has to do with what you did yesterday. Um, yeah. so, so just so our listeners know what we're talking about here in chapter 10, uh, we, we have the people uh, make a written pledge of what they're going to do. Uh, and we have all the names, boy, I'm glad you're reading this and not me, because <laughs> we have have all the names of the people who've signed the pledge, and we yeah. have a detail in terms of what this pledge actually is. Um, but here's my question, because you said just a moment ago that, that in the last chapter they repented, um, mm-hmm. and, and that's honestly how I, I assumed, yeah, okay, because there's some really great words in, in chapter nine, and, and so now as a fruit of that repentance, they're they're making this pledge, but mm-hmm. so here's my question: do, do you think what we have here with this written pledge is, is that a good thing? Is that a thing that God says, "Here's an example for you to follow," or is maybe it a warning that this is not what 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 we should be doing? Uh, did you look at it that oh, way at my. all? What What are your thoughts?
0: So, um, 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 a warning, a warning. What do you mean? I, now, this is this is a great discussion piece. What what part is? warning that, okay, you shouldn't be doing it that way. What part? Are you talking about chapter 9 or chapter 10 here?
1: No, chapter 10. Chapter 10. The idea that that we're going to make this written pledge and and the things that we're going to observe and do, uh, which, again, seems like a really, really good thing. And it's really hard for me not to be breaking the Eighth Commandment here where we're supposed to put the best construction on things. So maybe I should just assume. But, you know, the more I study this, I'm not so sure they were repentant. And I'm not so gotcha. sure this was a good thing that they made this written pledge, uh, and I just thought, do you have a feeling one way or the other? How did you feel about it as you well, read through this?
0: That's a, it's a great, a great question. So I'm I'm thinking about um, that. There's clearly times where we make a covenant that it's it's just a little bit over the top. You know, like uh, we would make covenants of, you know, for example, a young lady that you say to save herself for marriage, that it it is definitely something that we want to encourage our young ladies to do, our young men to, obviously. Um, But it is something that becomes so just so guilt driven and so, so problematic that people don't see the grace of God, you know, those kind of things the same time when you have like uh, father covenants where you'll say this is what i'll do as a good man which obviously we want our our fathers be good fathers our husbands be good husbands you have a wedding you make a covenant if you will Um, but sometimes it can be way over the top and so is that kind of what you're talking about is that they're making this covenant like we're gonna do this, this this and this and it's just really not looking at god it's more looking at what we're going to do is that what you're saying
1: that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. That's what yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you you brought up the word covenant because the English, you know, that's the title on uh, uh, my mm-hmm. Bible. The people who right. sealed the covenant. Uh, if you read in King James Version, uh, they'll they have the word covenant there in the and last verse, nine thirty-eight, which actually technically should be part of our chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I'm going to use nine thirty-eight. If anyone wants to Get, give me trouble, I'll point You're out good. that in the Hebrew, it's actually part of chapter ten. <laughs> so, go for it. But it's interesting in the King James, <laughs> the the word covenant is in italics, which if you know your King James, whenever they put a word in italics, it's because the word actually isn't there. <laughs> mm-hmm. They they put it in to make sense, but it isn't there. And I wonder if that isn't interesting that in no time does the the Hebrew use the word covenant here. Uh, it, it literally, it's an amen writing is what it says. Uh, you, you had amen earlier, that, but I forgot to say. Uh, right. It's amenah, right. uh, amenah, which is a statement of, uh, I would say, guarantee. So it's a written guarantee. But I do think it's striking that it's never called a covenant, uh, although earlier in chapter 9, it does talk about God being faithful to his covenants. Mm-hmm. I think that isn't a point that that covenant isn't really something we can do. Uh, God makes covenants, and God is faithful to covenants. That's what's great about God. If He makes you a deal, you can absolutely be sure that's how it's going to be. But but it's interesting that that they were using that word because it's not actually used uh, to describe what these guys are doing. So I don't know. There is, I,
0: don't know. I think there's a there's definitely a tension as we look at, for example, Moses comes down and says, "Hey, this is what we are to do," and the people say, "All that the, the Lord has said, we will do." You know, yes. you you have that that covenantal language that we'll use, and it's almost like blowing smoke at times. But at the same time, we want people to, for example, confirmation, confess, "This is what I believe," and also faithful to it till the until even unto the point of death. And so you live in that tension of. You know, this is what we're called to do, but also it's doused in the grace of God at the same time. I guess that that's the kind of struggle that I'm dealing with here. Were they repentant? Well, we're going to leave that in the Lord's hands. Are they saying words that are true? Yes. We're going to have to leave that in the Lord's hands, too. But um, yeah, I think I'm, I want to leave it there because I'm not sure where to take what you just said. So that's, that's well, the tension and, I'm and, living in.
1: Just, just one more thing about them. Were they repentant? Because again, that's that's what I assumed as I because the words in yep. chapter nine you can't beat they're beautiful words and yet I thought it was interesting. Here's their concluding words. Okay, I just thought this was interesting. Behold, we are slaves this day and the land that you gave to our father to enjoy its fruit and its good gifts, behold we are slaves, and its rich yield goes to the kings whom we have set over us because of our sins. They rule over our bodies and over our livestock as they like, please, and we are in great distress. I, I don't know that almost sounds like whining more than yeah, okay to me
0: okay you know yep.
1: like okay yep. yeah yeah i guess we're getting what we deserve man have we got it rough <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know and you're right brady we, we cannot yeah. judge their hearts we do not know but it does seem interesting that they whine about it and then they say because of all this we make a firm covenant well the word covenant isn't there we make a a, a, a guarantee in writing on the sealed dot. i don't know I yeah, just, that's a good and, point. And, and, and you know what? The final evidence of this is going to be, you know what Jesus says: you can know them by their fruits.
0: Right. And,
1: and I don't want to. I don't want to give the, the spoilers here. I don't want to give spoilers because you're doing the whole book, right? We're not stopping right. here, right? We're doing
0: the whole thing, absolutely. Yep. Yeah,
1: but but when you get to the end of the chapter, Brady, every single thing they pledge to do, they don't do.
0: They don't do. Yeah. And okay. I, I like what you're saying in verse thirty-six, right through verse thirty-seven. Is not a even. It's not even as good of a language as saying, "Oh, whatever the Lord says, we will do." It's more like, "Well, yeah. we're slaves. So we have to do this. We have to do this, and we are in great distress." So yeah. that is a part. I'll admit that in chapter nine, we didn't really cover. I guess I didn't catch it as we look at it. But it's a good reminder for us of, of, of. Um, well, they know us by our fruit. The importance of really. I guess you say, testing our faith, making sure we're in the right spot. At the same time, we don't want to become fruit inspectors either. You know, we don't want to say, well, you're not quite good on that today. So it is a tension I think we're going to live in as we douse ourselves, as we we put on our Christ goggles. Is obviously that we need them today. So let's... And
1: and, and, and you know that that Christ (laughs) goggle thing, Brady? Be sure that you give me a couple minutes at the end, because I think the New Testament actually does give us an answer to the Ah. thing we're wrestling about. Okay. Well, then let's and, get and again, into this again, not the sense then. that it judges let's, these people, because, you woo. know, I, I think there were sincere people that, that made these pledges, and you're right, we make pledges, we have our confirmation students to make pledges, and 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 there are sincere, uh, so you're right, there's nothing wrong with that in itself. Right. But, but right. well, anyway, we'll wait until we get to the end. Don't give me a minute to just share a couple of New Testament passages, uh, but well, I'm well, ready to go at it now. I'm
0: going to um, keep it going here, so let's dig in. And a reminder to our listeners, we'll be reading from the English Standard Version, Nehemiah chapter 10. And I told some of my family members, if you want to hear some fun words at about, well, I said 1106, <laughs> but 1113. Um, here we go. The names that were sealed on the covenant. Chapter 10 verses 1 through 27. On the seals are the names of Nehemiah, the governor, the son of Hakaliah, Zedekiah, Sarariah, Azariah, Jeremiah, Pashur, Amariah, Malkajah, Hattush, Shebaniah, Malek, Hiram, Merimoth, Obadiah, Daniel, Ginathon, Baruch, Meshullam, Abijah, Majamin, Mahaziah, Bilgai, Shemaiah. These are the priests. And the Levites, Jeshua, the son of Azaniah, Benu of the sons of Henadad, Cadmiel, and their brothers, Shebaniah, Hodiah, Kalita, Peliah, Hanan, Micah, Rehob, Hashabiah, Zakur, Sherebiah, Shebanaya, Hodiah, Bani, Beninu, the chiefs of the people, Perosh, Patheth Moab, Elam, Zatu, Bani, Buni, Asgod, Bebai, Adonijah, Bigvi, Adid, after Hezekiah Azur excuse me, Atar Hezekiah Azur, Hodiah, Heshum, Bezai, Heref, Anathoth, Nebai, Mekpiash, Meshalum, Hazir, Mezibur, Zadok, Jedua, Palatiah, Hanan, Ananiah, Hoshea, Hananiah, Hashub, Halush, Pela. Shobik, Rehum, Hashabana, Mahaseah, Ahaya, Hanan, Anon, Malak, Haram, and Bahana. Amen. <laughs> we'll say <see> it again. <laughs> so we hear the names. Um, this is on the seal of the covenant. Obviously, there's a lot of names. This is a reminder for me of the Lord remembers our names, you know, my baptismal yeah. Um, understanding of that we are sealed I think this is language in Colossians and I'm also excited this is an update more for prayers than anything on August 8th we'll be baptizing twin boys so I'm excited to be able to do that and um, um, just reminds me of you say that name and how powerful that is as our Lord calls us by name so what else do you have in these verses pastor
1: well I've got two things are you available on Saturday mornings usually
0: uh, well, well, why do you ask?
1: Well, because in case on Wrestling with the Basics we ever have a list of names like this again, we could just call you Nail. up and you could read them for us.
0: That's right. That's right. We'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, I might Good. be available. Uh, I might not. Because,
1: you know, well, no, no. I mean, I need a commitment. I need a written guarantee. For, uh, anyway. Right. A seal. Yeah. A seal the covenant, So here's yeah. the seal the covenant. Cause, yeah, because these are incredibly hard, and you did an excellent job of that. Uh, 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 but, but you know, actually, the Lord, uh, man, the Lord humbled me already, uh, not only because I couldn't read those names, but because it dawns on me what a, what a fool I am to think I could judge these people about what their heart's intent was. Mm-hmm. And so no doubt there were some of these people that were very, very sincere when they, they made this seal and, and this pledge, uh, just like there are many people in confirmation who are very, very sincere when they make those oaths but mm-hmm. probably there were some of them that weren't well not more than probably because we know we know there are some that weren't uh but it is cool it is cool to have all these names isn't it brady just like it you is said, and i know that our name uh is, is, the lord knows us by name and has our name has been given to us when when we were baptized and because uh, these are real people. That—that's what I like about this stuff. This isn't mm. some. See, see, I'm wrestling over what does this mean to us. But this is not some fairy tale where we're trying to find out what the moral of the story is. No, this is this is very real, uh, and these are living, breathing people like you and me that that made this pledge. And, and I'm thinking probably some of them really, really intended to keep that, uh, but I still bet you there are many of them that were hypocrites as well. Right. And that's what the world is like. Yeah.
0: I'll tell a story a little bit about this. Is If you go to any congregation that is founded, you will have the charter members and it's always fascinating to read some of those names because some of them, like for example, my church was started. Not mine, Messiah Lutheran Church, the church I serve, was started in 1980. And in 1980, you have the the written down names of the couples who started this congregation. A few of them who are still around and still faithful members of this congregation, which is always humbling to me. They don't think it's that great, but I think it's amazing. Um, they kind of are very humble people. Um, but one of my one of the founding members told me a story about he grew up at a Norwegian Lutheran church, part of the old Norwegian synod. And what he said is when he was a kid, they found the old documents of when the church started and they had 13 families that started. And so you had all the names, you know, you had the, uh, the hosteds and I can't even, I can't, I can't even do Norwegian names very well, but, <laughs> but you have the, all of those names. And then they had a separate section on the right. And on the right was that one family that was Swedish. <laughs> so they, they separated There's a the Norwegians. Oh, we got a Swede too. And we'll kind of put him over here, the separate part of the, the, of the grave, the graves as well in the cemetery. So he always jokes about that, which is really fun. Um, but it, it, is, it is humbling to see those names, whether you know them or remember them or not. But these are the people who said, I'm going to start this church. For these people in the Old Testament, they said, we are God's people. We see the wall. We see the temple. um, We are here to worship our Lord. They just confessed their sins. And where they were at, we don't know. But like you said, they're living and breathing people whom the Lord has called and uh, and they confess that before the people as well. So those are good thoughts. Any thoughts before we move on?
1: Well, yeah, and you've touched my heart because in Messiah Lutheran Church in Independence, Missouri, there is a list, just like you said. And on that list, there's an Anita and Paul Walkenhorst. Mm. And that happens to be my grandmother and my grandfather. And oh my so, goodness. again, yeah, this is all real, real stuff we're talking about here. and And it's important stuff, too. So, yeah.
0: Let's keep moving on then. Uh, we are. It's amazing how fast 27 verses can go, but we are now on (laughs) verse 28. Now we get to the obligations. So they've signed it, and here's basically what they've signed, and here are the implications of saying, we are with the Lord as the Lord is with us. So we'll kind of break this down slowly as we go through because it breaks down a lot of other language in the Old Testament. So we'll start in 28, go through 30. The rest of the people, the priest... The Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who have separated themselves from the peoples of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, all who have knowledge and understanding, join with their brothers, their nobles, and enter into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law that was given by Moses and the servants of God, and to observe all the, the all the commandments of the Lord, our Lord, and his rules and his statutes. Um, I'm going to keep going one more. We will not give our daughters to the peoples of the land or take their daughters for our sons. So here it clearly shows that not just those names, but everyone associated with them, join them on this covenant... Uses some unique language here, but I want to hear your thoughts on the immense amount of people this would have included and what this means as they say this.
1: All right. So so in the list and the names, you you have the list of, of, of course, the leadership, uh, uh, Nehemiah, and they think the next guy was probably also a leader, too, because he's separated out with uh, the word and. Uh, and then you've got a list of the priests. You've got a list of the Levites. You've got a list of the leaders of the clans. Uh, and now, like you said, you've got everybody else, the rest of the people, uh, all of the other people that were serving in the temple, uh, even their wives, their sons and their daughters. Uh, all who have knowledge and understanding. So obviously we're not counting people, babies, and things that don't comprehend. But everybody who can understand that they've all entered into a curse and an oath. <laughs> okay. Curse. So that's yeah, the curse is kind of weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but but I, I, yeah, that's a typical way of speaking. That if we don't do this, then we expect you to to you know lay the punishment on us as you have mm. in the past. <laughs> right. yeah, I know. Uh, right. um, uh, but 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 you are right. Uh, At first, when I looked at this, um, like this phrase, to observe and do, see, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the word observe, by the way, that's that's a fantastic word. That's the word that's usually translated keep, although even that's kind of an inadequate translation because the word really means to guard something and treasure it and protect it. Mm. Uh, And I hope people understand that when we say we want them to keep the commandments, we're not just saying you need to obey them or do what they say. No, no, you should treasure those. Just like Mm. something that is really, really valuable to you and you would never give it up, right? Maybe you've got something that your grandfather gave you and you would never sell that or give it away because that's precious to you. That's an heirloom that you cannot replace. And that's the concept of the word observe, uh, you just got to treasure this thing. Keep it, guard it, protect it. Uh, and so as a Lutheran, then I heard that other word, do, and I thought, oh, yeah, there's where it's wrong, right? You had mentioned that before, right? They mm-hmm. they said when mm-hmm. God gave them the Ten Commandments, oh, we will do this. And then, of course, they yeah. turn around and break the First Commandment. But I checked it out, Brady, <laughs> and that is yeah. the language. That is the language. That's what it says. Let's see if I can find that somewhere here. I think it's in the Leviticus uh, well, anyway, just believe me. <laughs>
0: just believe me.
1: Go with well, what it is.
0: I say. Uh,
1: Leviticus 19. And you shall observe all my statutes and all my rules and do them. I am the Lord. So they're they're taking the language, all this rules and statutes and commandments stuff, they're taking it right out of the Old Testament. Okay, mm. This is exactly what God had told them to do. So any thoughts you had about that?
0: Well, and it, it is, first of all, just the... The immense amount of people that were involved that this wasn't just yes. a few guys that this was their servants, this was gatekeepers, the singers I mean you you have this in, this understanding of the worship life of the people um and all the law of the land, like you said, the word curse, at first you're like, "Oh my gosh, you know is it a curse to be part of a church? Oh my gosh, and then you know you, you memories come up of, of some struggles that we go through in the church, but you're right, the curse goes on the understanding of do this or else. Which is a very clear understanding in Scripture that, that there's implications and consequences for our actions. And Lord have mercy, have we seen that? 1st, 2nd Kings into Nehemiah. Um, we continue to see it, which is why we need, like like we say, we got put on our Christ goggles. Because if we don't see the blood of Jesus um, covering all of this and being our, our substitute, man, the the curse, curse is more than terrifying. It is incomprehensible why would even... Um, want to try? So that, that that without Jesus, that word curse really hits you, hits home. So that that's what really struck me as we look at this and the realization of we say we would do this, and we realize that we're going to have to repent, and that repentance leads us obviously back to Him. So those are my thoughts as we look at those verses.
1: Yeah, and 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 the one thing I would add to that too, then, since we are talking about everybody. OK, mm-hmm, and, and I right. think that's pretty much like you say, that's a statement that this is not just a few select, but the whole people are making this whole. So then it shouldn't surprise us that there's still going to be hypocrites, because that's one of the fundamental teachings of the scripture about the church, isn't it? That, mm. that in the visible church on earth, there will always be believers and unbelievers. There will always be those who are uh, faithful and those who are hypocrites. But that doesn't change the church right the church is still the body of those who believe and and i really like your thought there too about the curse brady Mm. that 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 this is where christ really gets driven into this and maybe that's what's lacking maybe that's what's lacking that these people and especially the hypocrites don't really comprehend that the only way they're going to get out of this situation is if they have a god who will bring them forgiveness uh, because if there is a curse involved, and the law always is a curse, right? <laughs> he took mm-hmm. the curse upon himself on the tree. That's what that's what the New Testament says. Because if he doesn't take the curse upon himself, then that curse will lay on us. Uh, it just has to, because we have not done what we said we were going to do. Um, yeah.
0: And so as we look at verse 30, this is an important. Um, these are these laws are important for us to understand because we live in a culture. Um, first of all, that's kind of like, you know, we, we we believe that you're able to get married to whom we want to get married to as far as what we believe as Christians to the opposite sex. Um, and we talk about, you know, there, there have been laws in America where you can't intermarry, you can't do this. And so we kind of read this through American lenses and it's not really terribly helpful to look through that lens. So I think it needs some breakdown a little bit because first 30 says the first thing they say is, you know, we'll follow the commandments and the first commandment they show is we will not give our daughters to the peoples of the land or take their daughters from our sons. So um, let's do about a minute into this, uh, John, what, what, what are they talking about here?
1: All right. So, so uh, the thing we need to realize is everything now that's going to be enumerated in terms of specifics is the problems they're facing right there and then. All right, obviously, the, the statutes and rules and commandments of the Lord cover a lot of material. But but in this particular declaration, there are some specific issues that Nehemiah has been pushing. And this is one of the big ones because they need to maintain the integrity of their people. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to care about that anymore. They have returned back to the homeland. The plan is that they can reestablish the faith of um. of of Judah the faith of Israel and, and, but all of a sudden, they begin intermarrying, and this, of course, is where the problem started all the way back with David, and especially with his son Solomon, where you started intermarrying, and all of a sudden, the faith gets watered down. So this is a primary concern of Nehemiah. He's addressed it before, and, and yeah, so that's why this is number one, because we have to maintain this, this religion, this group of people. And, and, and if we intermarry with everybody who's here, that isn't going to happen. And and there'll be no reason for us to return home then, will there? (laughs) No, we'll just be like the many peoples that are already here.
0: And I like how you said that it's about faith. And right now, I want to talk more about that. And on the other side of our break, we are studying Nehemiah chapter ten with Pastor John Lukomsky, and we'll be right back.
1: You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122.
0: Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. And welcome back. We are studying Nehemiah chapter 10 with Pastor John Lekumsky, And as you look at chapter 10, we talked about the curse. And I just didn't quite come to my mind, but during the break it came to my mind how important it is to put on our Christ goggles because Galatians chapter 3, it says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Curses everyone who is hanged on a tree. That was on the tip of my tongue. I just didn't quite bring it out. So a reminder as we look at this is... Is the curse, um, the curse of the law that hits us, and obviously the, our Lord Jesus, who has become a curse for us. So, and, Pastor and so Brady, ahead, if, you, if yes, you
1: read this chapter, you read this chapter. So that that's that's what the chapter is saying. If you don't have Jesus, then this is a horrible chapter because these people have just put a curse on themselves. That's what they've right. done. Right, they put a right. curse on themselves. But if there is Jesus, you can say, "Oh yeah, there is a curse." The law always is a curse, but that curse isn't on us anymore. That curse is on Christ. Yeah. Oh,
0: wonderful! Good point. Yeah, and verse verse thirty, you said it so well, and I wanted to see if you have more to share. Is verse thirty? You know, we'll not give our daughters, we'll not give our sons to the people of the land. And at first, you think, bye that's kind of restrictive." Like, what's going on here? But the goal was faith. The problem was not, oh, I don't you know they eat, they do this, they celebrate this, they don't they don't do Christmas on Christmas Eve, they do it on Christmas Day, and that just messes everything up in our history, <laughs> or, or they don't eat those the left sweets, so, you know those yeah, sweets it's, it's the Swedes, you know, all this kind of stuff, and so it's, it's, it goes so far beyond that. we make it so simplistic in our culture, but there it was a matter of faith because the people in the land, the promised land. Had a different faith, that, that, and, and that we see this in First and Second Kings. When the, when the king would marry someone from a different uh, different uh, land, all of a sudden everything gets watered down. You get multiple uh, multiple altars, you get multiple gods. You got Ashdod, you got you know the Phoenician god. We got all gods you can imagine, and everything just goes out of control. So they're reestablishing, saying. We've seen that problem in the past. We know that we went to Babylonia because of this. So we are reestablishing, no, we are making sure our faith is in the right place. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, Brady, and, and the fact that you bring up the kings, because that's exactly uh, what's going on here. I I don't know if people realize they're not having an easy time. They're not having an easy time. They're trying. They've, they've got the temple going. Although it's not the temple we used to have. <laughs> you right. know, the right. old people all wanted it. it's not the temple we all right. But <laughs> but but they're trying to build the wall and, and they're being they're being bothered every day. that uh, they're being attacked. Uh there are people coming raiding them at night. And, and, of course, the logic is just like the logic of the kings. Well, let's marry into these other families. Let's marry. Into, then they'll treat us kindly, right? Because we'll be family now. Uh, and mm-hmm. that was what they did, didn't they? The kings married all kinds of people from other nations so that there could be a, a peace. And I wonder if that isn't kind of the thought here. In fact, with the next thing, too, about the trading on the Sabbath. Well, maybe if we accommodate them, maybe if we, we intermarry with them, then they'll, they'll leave us alone. Which, as you point out, no, no, that's not the plan. The plan is we're trying to reestablish this people that God has established. Um, Mm. Although it is ironic uh, that this is actually the practice that we in the Missouri Synod have always used for evangelism. We do marry our daughters off and then have the husbands be converted to Lutheranism. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. I don't right. know how many how many male members of my church actually married a good Lutheran woman. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What did uh at a buddy of mine who who's now a pastor, he's actually a military chaplain, and I said, um, so how did you know how did you get in, you know how did you how this happen? And he he says he says, well, the the evangelism of attraction, and I was like, yes. What he said. I didn't grow up in the church at all. He said, but I was attracted to that nice Lutheran lady, and then therefore I went that direction. The Holy Spirit used that in order for me to become Christian, let alone Lutheran, and then eventually a pastor. Which I thought was a. I don't know how we would ever (laughs) promote that, but that was how he said he became a pastor. So, anyways, we better move forward. Um, (laughs) verse thirty-one. Verse thirty-one is the what we'll read because now they talk about. Okay, um, they know this was a problem in the past, so therefore they're saying, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. Verse 31 continues, I would say, in that theme. Verse 31. And if the peoples of the land bring in goods or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day. And we will forego the crops of the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. So here they, they add more rules. Now what I want to, I do think that this is something that was important. This is something important. We're not trying to say, oh, they put that law. They knew they wouldn't follow it, therefore they won't. It's much like for for people nowadays that you have to put guidelines on yourself so that you do not fall into sin. And that's really what they're doing. They're reminded of what the Lord has said in the old, the before, previous to this. You're not supposed to do anything in these days. And part of that was a faith issue. So how would you see these um these rules these laws that they are i guess you say reestablishing for the people
1: so, so again as you've already pointed out it is a matter of separation it is a matter of showing that that we're distinct we're, we're different uh i i have a sneaking suspicion again that they were probably saying to themselves well we know we're not supposed to trade with each other on the sabbath right oh no we know that's forbidden but Honestly, I guess we can trade with these pagans, right? Is that a problem? (laughs) And then, of course, because see, now you're operating not out of faith. You're operating out of what you think the letter of the law is. So I'm fulfilling Mm. the letter of the law by doing that. Uh, But I think what, what Nehemiah is trying to remind them is, no, no, this was always about distinguishing you. So that it, so yeah, if you end up marrying someone, they're going to understand. Okay, I'm going to have to be different. I'm going to be converting. I'm going to be part of this group and this family. I'm going to have to give up some of my because these these people are serious about this, and they they keep these things even to the fact of of uh, forgiving debts every seven years. Resting right. their crops every seven. That's a crazy, crazy practice. Isn't it? Why would anybody mm-hmm. do that? Why would you give up a year's worth of crops? Why would you give up money that other people owe you? But I, I think that's the issue again. Our faith distinguishes us. But again, it's this whole thing about the letter versus the the uh, spirit, because we can do that in mm. a way that we come off as if we are judgmental. As if we were saying, oh, yes, we are far superior to you. Or we can do that as a way of saying, you know what? We're a bunch of sinners just like you are. But these are the things our Lord has given us to do. And we treasure our Lord's words. See, we we, we guard and keep it. And and uh, so, yeah, that's why we do these things. Because we believe the Lord is a God of love. And doesn't that make all the difference to the world? Um, that
0: is a great fact, point. If, wow.
1: If I could keep share going. another passage with you. Please. This, this language we had before about statutes and rules and commandments, mm. mm-hmm. like I said to you, that, that language is everywhere. That's not unique. It is Old Testament language. But consider what it says in Deuteronomy 11, 1, where it uses those words, statutes, rules, and commandments. But it begins with this phrase, you shall therefore love the Lord your God. And then it says, keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. And I, as I'm looking over this, this there's no mention of loving God in this written uh, guarantee at all, is there? Mm. There's no mm-hmm. mention of loving God. Uh, and I'm wondering if that isn't what's really missing from this. We're, we're listening the things we need to do, but we've left out the reason why we do them. I don't know, just a thought.
0: I love how you how you put that the letter of the law versus letter of the spirit, which can be a very hard line to draw, but comes down to this. I do this therefore I'm better than you. Or I do this because yeah. I trust in the Lord. And and for for them not to do business on, on Saturday, you know, not to make those deals, that just is crazy. And some people might interpret that as you just are judgmental, thinking you're better than us and da-da-da-da. When at the end of the day, you know, you can't control what people are thinking of you, but you can repent of your own intentions and why you do so. And to say, you know what, the Lord has commanded this of me. I don't even fully understand this, but I know the Lord will provide. And that's why the seventh year, you don't grow any crops. That's crazy. Can you imagine a farmer nowadays doing that? Like, ah, I'm yeah. good. You know, and <laughs> you just think they're nuts. But also they did it in faith and to, in some ways, um, keeping their faith, you know, and to, to to focus on on the Lord as opposed to their own abilities. And this was a way that God in God called them in faith to do, not as a way of saying, well, see, we're better than the Phoenicians. They got all those trees. They cut them down all the time. No big deal. You know, they do all that. They gave us wood for the temple, but, you know, whatever. Um, but we're better than them because we don't do it every, every seventh year. No, a lot of times it goes back to that manna that came and say, collect it for six days, seventh day, don't collect it. We still think we need to, even though the Lord continues, continues to provide. So another reminder for us in our own faith, uh, Psalm 27 says, wait on the Lord. Again, I say, a wait on the Lord. And that's one of the hardest things.
1: And Brady, man, you just hit the hammer uh, right on the nail there. So, what was this Sabbath thing about? Was it some religious practice that showed how much better we were? No, but it was a way of saying, you know, the Lord has showed us we don't need to work every day, and He'll still provide for us, and we'll still have plenty of food. Isn't that a remarkable thing about our Lord? Apparently, your mm-hmm. Lord can't do that. Apparently, you got to be working all the time. But in our Lord, <laughs> yeah, we, we can take a day. We can take a whole year off. And so you're right. What a totally different way of understanding that. Not a not a religious requirement, but a way for demonstrating to ourselves and to all of those around us, all these other peoples, that our God can take care of us. He can. Even when we don't work, he can still take care of us. Not that we should work. Of course we should work. We do that. We do that. But it, we also need to remember that even if we couldn't work, he would take care of us. I think you hit it right on the head. thats that It's all about faith here.
0: It's all about faith, yeah. And so we continue on, and we get to another point of faith. Why from this faith it brings the fruit of this faith, and part of that goes into, I guess I would kind of call it, a, in the Old Testament, what we would consider, you know, to look through the lens of Christ as stewardship. How do we glorify God, and how do we make sure that we're able to worship God and to sustain that faith and so forth? And it comes out in unique ways here in the Old Testament. So 32, and I'll go through 33.
1: Hey, Brady, before go you ahead. read, can I just— I point out again this is being addressed because this is the problem they're having right now that they have the temple but the temple isn't being provided for to the extent that the the priests the people that are supposed to be doing these weekly and daily duties that they can't because they got to go out and work in the fields themselves so they got food to eat and supplies right. so this is a very very practical issue that's being addressed in this part of the pledge
0: that is great, all right, that really is helpful as we look at these verses so thirty two and thirty three we also take on ourselves the obligation to give yearly a third part of a shekel for the service of the house of our God for the showbread, the regular grain offering, the regular burnt offering, the Sabbaths, the new moons, moons, the appointed feasts, the holy things, the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel, and for all the work of the house of our God. We the priests. The Levites and the people have likewise cast lots for the wood offering to bring it into the house of our God according to our fathers' houses, at times appointed year by year to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law. So our attention is is drawn towards the temple, um, the the festivals, the offerings, all of this. Where where are they pointing to? What's happening here?
1: Okay. about these these first verses you read. Uh, Again, we're trying to reestablish the way we used to do it in the Old Testament. But but there's actually two things that are totally different in in this set of verses, which is a reminder, you can't just go back to the Old Testament and say, oh, here's the rule, here's the law, that's what we're supposed to do. No, no, sometimes you have to say, well, what's our given situation? We we can learn from these rules and laws, but, but we need to be able to address our particular problem. So, so, for example, they're pledging now, uh, it's actually the word command again. I don't know why they put obligation, because it's the same word we had before command. And they're going to give an annual third of a shekel tax, okay? Now, that's not required in the law. You will not find that anywhere in the Old Testament. The only thing that comes close to it is when Moses took the census of the people, he did require a shekel, a half shekel, a half shekel mm-hmm. tax. But that was just a one-time deal. Uh, but but can't you see that they're saying, you know, we, we have the support of the Persians here, but that's not going to last forever. We've got to be able to do this on our own. And we've got a lot of things we need to do Yeah, We're trying to get this whole thing started up here. So, yeah, we're, we're all going to agree. And, and by the way, I think it's interesting, not the half shekel that Moses would have required, because again, if you're just using the Old Testament, well, that was the law, you know, Moses required it. No, no, we understand people are having difficult times here. We understand this is a time of financial hardship, that people are in distress. So, but a third shekel, we surely can give a third shekel, and we probably need to do it annually until things, things get established. Um, The other thing that's unique here is about this uh, uh, making the uh, casting lots to see who will provide wood. Again, there's nothing in the Old Testament law about providing wood. That wasn't Mm -hmm. a requirement, although the Old Testament did say that the fire needs to burn all the time. It should never go out. And so again, this is a practical issue. Apparently we didn't have a problem with wood before, but now we do. And so, all right, we'll all share the burden, right? We'll cast lots to determine who does it. And we'll all be doing this together each in our uh, given time. Um, So anyway, I think it's it's interesting in that, that it's not just we're going to do everything in the old, we are going to do what God required us. But now there's some additional things we'll do because they need to be done.
0: And it's, it's just a good reminder, it is really something where they're breaking down, this is what we do. You know, it's, it's yeah. it goes back to that whole Lombardi, uh, Vince Lombardi, that they had a horrible <laughs> game, and he comes back and just like, okay, guys, we got to break it down, and then he brings out a football and says, "This is a football." You know, he's breaking it down to the bare bones <laughs> of saying, "Okay, this is where we are. This is where we start." And and I really feel like they're doing that. And they're yes, the the tax evidently has gone up. Um, this is not necessarily uh, put in the Old Testament and says this is what you need to do, but saying, no, this is this is our temple. This these are we are God's people. This is our responsibility, and let's recommit ourselves to this. Which I mean, let's be honest. This is something we need to do as Christians continuously, um, in repentance and repentance and receiving our Lord's forgiveness daily. Our churches always need to be looking at, okay, how can we make sure that we are caring for the souls in this church and our community? Um, there really is a faith, a reality to this that they're that they're that they're following to make sure. That the offerings are being done correctly, that we are providing for our priests and the Levites and so forth for the sake of people's faith. That's what it comes down to, the faith of the people. Last thoughts before and, we move on?
1: And I think I think that is exactly the issue. Again, uh, so these are some practical problems. Uh, and and we, we love God. We love our neighbor. We, we need to address these. So here's, here's a way of addressing them. But it's not, oh, well, we have this law from God and we have to keep it. No, that's right. not the issue You're, It's a faith. There's some things, yeah. some needs, and, and this is the way we can do these things. Even though maybe God didn't require us to do these things, these are things we're going to do out of faith and out of love. Yeah.
0: Very good. So let's continue on, 34 through 36. We the priests, the Levites, and the people have likewise cast lots for the wood offering and bring into the house of our God according to our Father's houses at times appointed year after year to burn on the altar of the Lord our God as is written in the law. We obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all the fruit of every tree, year by year to the house of the Lord, also to bring to the house of our God, to the priest who minister in the house of our God, the firstborn of our sons, and of our cattle, as is written in the law, and the firstborn of our herds and all of our flocks. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there just because there's a lot that can be unpacked in those verses. So thirty four to thirty six, they make it more of a commitment. What are they making?
1: Well, and and now we're back to what what was always required, uh, and that is to give the Mm -hmm. first fruits. Uh, And I guess we could go all the way back to the uh, story of Cain and Abel, where where that is the problem there, uh, that Abel gives the first fruits and Cain gives, well, whatever was left over. Uh, And of course, see, that becomes a faith issue, doesn't it? Uh, again, it's not a religious issue; it's a faith issue. Because if you give the first fruits to God, you really have to trust that He's going to provide for you the rest. <laughs> yeah, when you yeah, keep the yeah. first fruits back and you give Him the leftover, you're simply saying, "God, well, I don't really know if I can trust You, but I have some extra here, so You can have that." You know. <laughs> um, and of course, here's where where Christ begins to shine because He is the offering that the Lord makes, right? He is the Lord's first fruits. He's the only begotten Son. <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm thinking of Paul, you know, who who actually tells us, you don't need to worry about all this stuff. You know, I talked about the Sabbath and all that thing before. Where, where was that phrase about... Uh, uh, well, it's in there. Yeah, about the new moon and the Sabbath day and all those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul mm-hmm. in Colossians says, yeah, don't let anybody judge you on that anymore, because that all had a purpose and that was to be the shadow of Christ. But now that we have Christ, we have its fulfillment. Um, so, you got all that stuff in here, too. And so, there's two ways you could be doing it, couldn't you, Brady? You could be doing these things, saying, okay, well, these are the rules, these are the laws. I don't understand them, but God says we have to do them. Or you could be doing these things, saying, you know, the Lord has promised that this is, this is going to reveal something to us. This is pointing ahead to the day when we're going to have a Messiah. Which, by the way, I think we should point out, it's the one thing they don't have at this point. They have a city in the walls, but they don't have any king. They don't have any ruler. They're still being ruled by foreign powers. And in the background of all these stories of Chronicles and Nehemiah, I have to remember that's their thought. Well, when is God going to finish it up? Because we need to have the throne of David reestablished. And, of course, that really doesn't happen until Jesus shows up uh, in, in, in the world. So...
0: And one of the and, and those are those are great points as we as we look at this it it really comes down to that theme that you've established for us it comes down to faith and part of here is they want to provide for the priests to make sure they're doing the the things that God has commanded them to do to keep them in this faith and so they they say here's a temple the lord has given us this um, these are the things that we need for this temple let's provide these things and here's the best way for us to be able to do that and uses the language of first fruits I feel like we We could spend spend another hour just talking about first fruits and Christian stewardship based on that alone. I can't quite go there. Maybe we can go there once we read the next verses. But I want to keep that in people's minds as first fruits. Um, it's not a matter of, okay, this is what you do, and then everything is good. No, this is something you do out of faith, knowing, as you said so well, that the Lord will provide. So, Pastor, we have about five minutes left. I want to get to these last verses, but do you have anything quick for us before we move on to the next one no, no,
1: no, read the last verses, and then we can kind of okay. summarize. It,
0: it, connects, it connects all of it very well, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Verse 37 all the way to the end. And to bring the first of our dough and our contributions, the fruit of every tree, the wine and the oil, to the priest of the chambers of the house of our God. And to bring to the Levites the tithes from our ground. For it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all of our towns where we labor. And the priest and the son of Aaron shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive their tithes. And the Levites shall bring up the tithe of the tithes to the house of our God and to the chambers of the storehouse. For the people of Israel and the sons of Levi shall bring the contribution of grain, wine, and oil to the chambers where the vessels of the sanctuary are, as well as to the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers. We will not neglect the house of our God. Now, Pastor, I just wanted to say this. I think it ends perfectly because you're like, oh, all these rules, all this, all this. Well, they basically, this is where I would say I think they were repentant because they say, you know what? We've been neglecting the house of our God. And now we're making sure that we're not going to do that again, obviously, they don't always fulfill it, but we're not going to do that again because this is what we're about the house of our God, the new temple, the temple that's there to keep us in the faith. So as we look at those these words what what are your thoughts
1: all right so so let me give first a practical thought Of course, this applies to everybody that's listening to us as a church member. You need to give generously to support your church, okay. Get that message out there. Everybody who goes, I want to see some really big offerings, but give us those first fruits. But but here's why you need to do that. You need to do that because you love your church and you love your pastor. We don't need any gifts given by people who think it's an obligation or a requirement they have to make, a payment maybe that they make to be a member. No, but but I, I hope you love the people in your church, and I hope you love your pastor, and I hope you give generously because of that. Because your gifts are, are keeping that church alive, keeping that ministry going, the sacrament uh, being administered, the, the the gospel being proclaimed. Um, and, and yeah, so you're right. This final statement, we will not neglect the house of our God, but the problem is they're going to turn around and they are going to neglect it. (laughs) And I would suggest to you, well, no, here's the problem. See, because they, they, they turned it into a work. They turned Mm -hmm. it into a rule and a statue and a thing to do. And, and, you know, Paul says in Galatians, let me ask you, did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? And I do think that's the lesson that's here, that, that it says, as, as you've said before, and you say all the time, Brady, it, it has to be about Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you're giving money to your church because you think it's some kind of obligation, or, or as you said, you're, you're doing it because you think, well, then maybe God will be good to you. And if you don't, oh, you may be cursed. Oh, my God, people, please, you have no understanding. There's only one reason to give and that is because we have a Lord of mercy and grace who has not given us the curse we have deserved, but rather, as you pointed out, put that curse on Jesus Christ. And and therefore, I hope and pray that we have lots of generous givers, and they give because they know of the generosity of God and his forgiveness, and they love the people of their church and and their leaders, and and that's why they do it. Because otherwise, it is the works of the law, and, and that doesn't help anything right? No, no, it has to be uh, that it comes from faith. Uh, the, the, the written code kills us. That's what Paul says in Romans. The written code brings death, but it's the uh, Spirit who gives life. So, uh, all right.
0: For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, oh, he was rich... Yet for your sake, he became poor, so that by his poverty, we might become rich. This is a a true statement as we look at this, which we have to take at its word that they did this in faith. Obviously, we do things in faith and it doesn't always end so well um, in our lives either. But Christian stewardship is this. I love how the LCMS has written it out this way. Christian stewardship is the free and joyous activity of God's family, the church, in managing all of life's, life's resources for his purposes. And this is an example for us of showing we're going to do this for his purposes. That's what they're trying to do. And Lord have mercy, that's what we're trying to do. So, Pastor, with about a minute left, um, how would you wrap up this chapter? How would you talk about it?
1: Well, I I, I, I guess we go back to the tension we had had at the beginning. Uh, Are these people truly repentant? Uh, uh, and, and and the bottom line is, I think some were, and I think some weren't, and, and that will always be that way in the Church, mm. which is why, as pastors, we should not be frustrated when we see hypocrisy amongst our members. I, I suppose what we need to remember is just what you said, we're all hypocrites sometimes, aren't we, Brady? <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the mercy, problem. Yeah. We're all sinners. <laughs> and, and, and again, that's the focus we need to keep on. What What a wonderful Lord we have, who has bestowed upon us His own Son, given us grace and mercy and forgiveness. And, and that's the thing that changes us. Then all of a sudden we stop doing things because it's what the law requires. But because of what what uh, because God loves us, we love one another. And if there's anything in this text I would say say it's lacking. I, I thought that that wasn't there. there. There wasn't a lot of talk about love of God. And there was no talk about the second table of the law either, was there? There was mm, no commitment mm-hmm, right. to love the neighbor. Uh, and and so like I said, I, I think there's nothing wrong with the going on here. But on the other hand, I think it also illustrates what's missing and what really needs to be there and what will be there when people have faith uh, in in Jesus Christ.
0: Pastor John Lekomski, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO, giving us God's strong word in Nehemiah chapter 10, giving us Christ. Pastor Lekomski, thank you again for being our guest. Is he gone already? He must be. Anyway, I never know what to names... say.
1: Thank you too, Brady. <laughs> yeah,
0: you bet. Get out of here. Get out of here. The name right, yeah, I will. The, <laughs> the Sabbath day, the Sabbath year, all of it points us to Christ who has fulfilled it all. Why do we why do they do it? Faith. And why do we do what we do as God's people? Faith. Because as our Lord Jesus, who redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming the curse for us. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. May we give thanks in everything we do. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of His hand.